0: Here we go, the NBA Finals get underway tomorrow night. Will the Warriors' experience be too much for Boston to overcome? Hey, we got some football to discuss. Are we buying that Aaron Donald might actually retire? I'll tell you why we're asking. And somehow, someway, Steph Curry found the time to stop by the golf store yesterday, get his... Clubs regripped, perhaps, and also obviously. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. The four of us are here. You guys are there. We got a great show. What's going on with Steph? Up? Is he already into the offseason? Is that where his head is at this point? Nick? I don't know.
1: Bru- bruise into the offseason, showing up for the show eight seconds before air. Brew's already playing in vacations, you know evidently. Didn't know. We, we we
0: got it. The start time hadn't changed, buddy. My god, good to we'll see you. When, hey, when hey, you hey, sit hey. down on set, 20 seconds before you start, you're going to get roasted by Man. Nick. It's how it works around Man. here. All right, That's let's true. stick with Steph. <laughs> Those are the rules. As he mulls over his club choice, we mull over his accolades ahead of game one tomorrow night for Steph Curry. Three NBA titles, no finals MVP. Does that change for Curry this year? Fox Bet says yes. They got Steph as the favorite to win MVP, followed by Tatum, Brown, look at it, Draymond, and then Clay Broussard, last to show up, first to answer the question, does Steph need to win finals MVP to validate his legacy?
2: Well, bear with me, Jenna, because it's a complicated answer. All right, and Draymond is right when he says anybody really watching the game thinks that's ridiculous, that he has to validate himself with the finals MVP. He is a three, possibly four-time champion, right? Maybe soon to be four-time champion. And he was the face of the greatest dynasty, or is the face of the greatest dynasty since the Shaq Kobe Lakers. That's indisputable. All right, he is regarded widely as the greatest shooter of all time and clearly changed the way the game of basketball is played. You can take none of that away from him, whether he has a finals MVP or not. And let me put this to bed once and for all. The notion, the myth, the the, that Steph Curry does not show up in the finals, that he doesn't play well in the finals is absolute nonsense. It is pure nonsense poppycock, all right? Check out these numbers. Steph Curry averages 26 and a half points a game in the finals, okay? That's more than Dr. J, Kobe Bryant, Dirk, Dwayne Wade, Moses Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas. All of those guys are absolute legends, and yet none of them scored as much as Steph Curry has in the finals. The fact that he didn't get the finals MVP in 2015 is an absolute travesty. He averaged 26 points, six rebounds, and five, or six assists and five rebounds. In game five, we know how pivotal it is when a series is tied 2 2, the winner of game five wins the series 82% of the time. Steph dropped 37! 37 points, seven three-pointers in the pivotal game five. In the closeout game six, 25 points and eight assists. And he doesn't win finals MVP. So that's why Draymond is right, Nick, but I got to throw this out there. Because you know how it is. You and I both make historical comparisons between players. And you do nitpick. And something that seems small, I, I don't think it's a huge deal, but finals MVP does become a factor. Oh, so-and-so has three of them. He only has one. And so that's where it's important. And then well, finally, the public perception. Perception often becomes reality, Nick. And the perception is that he really needs it. Like, everybody thinks he really needs his finals MVP. That can well, become reality. So I do think he needs to win it to just get perfect. people off his back.
1: Okay, first of all, I saw those odds. America, if you're going to bet the Warriors to win the finals, they're mm-hmm. minus 160, just bet Steph to win finals MVP. There is, a, there is no scenario that exists in the world where the Warriors win the finals and Steph's not finals MVP, so you can basically get the Warriors at even money. Some little gambling advice from your buddy Nick Wright. Broussard, as he often is, is right and he's wrong on this. So he's right that Steph's legacy is cemented. I think he's a little wrong and embellishing a bit about Steph's finals performances. Steph has been to five finals. He has only been bad in one of them. In 2016 he was bad. He was 23 points per game on 40% shooting uh, off a year where he's averaged 30 a game on 50% shooting was the unanimous MVP. Okay? That year he was bad. Every other year, he's been good-ish. He's had some bad moments and some good moments, but there isn't a single finals where you're like, wow, Steph really elevated his game. His points per game in the That's finals right. each of the other four years have gone up, and his efficiency has gone down. His points per game are slightly higher than his regular season averages, and his efficiency slightly lower points, than his huh? regular season averages. What what hurts Steph is... That if you are thinking of what are the best Steph Curry playoff moments, there's only one truly great, great finals game. That's a game they lost. It was game three against Toronto in 2019, the old triangle and two game, when he scored 47 points, but they were trailing by double digits throughout. He doesn't have another 40-point finals game. The next best one is the one Brew mentioned, Game 5 in 2015 after Matthew Della needed IVs from running around and chasing him. And the other thing that hurts Steph Brew and Wilds is this. When we're talking about Pantheon guys, the 15 greatest or even the 20 greatest players in league history, every single one of them that played post-finals MVP existing, has won, except for Dr. J, and it's a little unfair to Dr. J because he won the ABA equivalent two times. He didn't spend his whole career in the NBA. Right, Right, exactly. So I'm going to give Dr. J credit there. So that's where it hurts him. So uh, listen, I think Steph is the 10th greatest player of the last 50 years. The guy who's ninth on my own list is Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq... What are Shaq's dominant Finals games? Uh, you got an hour. Was it the year he averaged 38 and 10 and 17? The year he averaged 33 and 16? The year he averaged 36 and 12? He did that in three straight years, winning unanimously Finals MVP all three years. So that is the margins. So does he need it to validate his legacy? No. Would his resume look awful, odd, if they if he has four rings and zero Finals MVPs? Yeah, it would. That's right. And I don't think it's... I agree with Brew that he should have gotten it over Iguodala. I think he should have come in second to LeBron, but set that aside. The Iguodala thing was a travesty in and of itself. But it is odd, and it's not picking on Steph to point out that it's odd.
3: I, I think you're right. It's not an Achilles heel on his legacy, but it is a mismatched sock. Like, it's not killing you, but it does look a little bit funny. And earlier in the meeting... Broussard took a shot at Finals MVP as a whole. So, nah, I don't really buy it. Yeah. So I want to fire back at Broussard. I'm going back. It's 5.30 a.m. But here's the thing, Broussard. This is why I think Steph needs it when we talk about narratives. And you mentioned Shaq. Shaq won three, and then Kobe won his two, and that's the stories of the Lakers' kind of dynasty. It was Shaq's, and then Kobe wanted to take over, and he did. So you can tell the whole story of the Lakers about who won Finals MVP. So, Broussard, I would argue you can tell the whole story of 90s basketball with just talking about the finals MVPs, which is this. Isaiah, Jordan three times in a row, Akeem twice, Jordan three times in a row, Duncan and and Shaq. And that's it. That's from 1990 to 2000. You can explain all of basketball. Don't you think it's weird that we wouldn't be able to do the same with, and or we could when we look at finals MVPs recently, Steph's name doesn't come up, and you can't tell the story of basketball without Steph. But at the same time, he's not on this list.
2: Well, the reason I say, first of all, I, I had just woken up uh, at five thirty this morning while right. I was <laughs> just playing. But look, I, I stand by that take. Are you that though? finals? I believe when you get to the finals, you just want to win. I don't care if, if I'm Steph and Klay Thompson lights it up and we win. I'm not tripping and he gets the MVP. Uh. I got my fourth ring. Isaiah Thomas, you mentioned him, battled with Larry Bird, was losing to Bird, was beating Jordan, finally gets over the hump and wins his first championship in 1989. And, and guess Drew who was the finals MVP? Joe Dumars, not only yeah, another yeah, yep. player, another guard. Do you think Isaiah cared? No! It I was mean, a weird, championship we had been seeking. And here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, but Kareem. It's the- Kareem has six. I know Isaiah won it the next year. Kareem has six yeah. finals championships. He's got two finals MVPs. His He, he won it way back with the Bucs in, I think, 71. And then his first yep. two championships then with then the 85. Lakers... Magic Johnson won it. A, a youngster. Yep. You think Kareem cared? No. Well, and so that's my I, point. I get it. It means something. I'm not saying it's irrelevant. I'm just saying, man, you go through a full season. You go through three rounds of the playoffs and even back uh-huh. in the day when it wasn't as many rounds. And you get to that that championship, man, you just want to win it all.
1: Listen.
2: I don't, I, you, I don't think you it, care yeah, as much. Yeah, but once much, you have, you have a bunch of championships,
1: championship. you might want the other stuff. And but I don't listen. I can't speak for the captain. But I bet Kareem was a little salty. He didn't win in 1980. It's kind of a travesty. He didn't win in 1980. Well, you but you he were missed watching it, the final time. game of the I series and Magic. No, I haven't seen a single episode <laughs> of Winning Time actually. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm boycotting oh. that show it's a separate take for a separate day but neither here nor there out of respect to the logo <laughs> come on be nice to Jerry West but in 1980 I Kareem probably should have won it. Magic at the Amazing Game 6 but I just want to add one little well, thing we talk about finals MVP but that's to your unintended point unintended Nick, consequences. quickly
2: yeah, it, you y- said yeah. and, and you're. I think you overestimated a few but you said there's seven times the wrong guy got the finals MVP I don't know if it's seven but yeah. there's several for sure
1: No, there's at least seven. There's seven times the losing player should have got it, six times the wrong winner got it, but neither here nor there. Jenna, the final point that I want to make is this. This is the first time we've ever had a finals after we gave a conference finals MVP. And I wonder if there's going to be an unintended consequence of that. And I don't know how much it would affect the Warriors in this, but a lot of people are like, hey, Jalen Brown could have been conference finals MVP. What if the Celtics win and Brown and Tatum are close statistically? Do you think some of the voters will be like, well, we gave Tatum conference finals MVP, Jalen Brown. Like, so I do think there's going to be some of that moving forward uh, that we've got to look look out for. I don't know how much it would affect Steph.
0: Again, Fox Bet has Steph Curry odds on favorite to win MVP. we got to switch gears. Talk about this guy, Aaron Donald. Is he really weighing retirement? We'll dive into that next for some
4: see how you'll profit with NetSuite now through April 15th NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program head to NetSuite.com slash FTF NetSuite.com slash FTF NetSuite.com slash FTF
0: at last count 99 days until NFL opening night where are you gonna be Defending Super Bowl champion Rams will be home hosting the Buffalo Bills. Will Aaron Donald be on the field that day? Number 99, the three-time Defensive Player of the Year? Recently talked about retirement. Take a listen.
2: I'm going to play eight years and I'll probably be done playing football, but winning the Super Bowl, you get kind of get a little addicted to it. Like, I want to do that again, though. I ain't going to lie. That's like, That experience is like no none other. So... Um, if 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 I was to play, it's just to win another Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, it's still a business, and it, it gotta make sense to me and my family. I'm happy. I'm fine. I don't need to play. I don't. The thing is, I don't need to play football to be fine. Like I'm 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 fine. Like I, I was blessed to play this game, to make the money I made, the accomplishments I made in eight years is like <laughs> <you know what> <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying, like, I'm, ha- I'm I'm complete. I'm I'm like if I can win another one, that's great. But if not, I'm like I'm at peace.
0: Aaron Donald on the I Am Athlete podcast by our friend Brandon Marshall. Nick, you buying that Aaron Donald could actually retire?
1: Well, I'm buying that it's just believable enough that it's going to cost the Rams a lot of money. And it should. Aaron Donald signed a contract four seasons ago. In the four seasons since then, he has been first-team All-Pro all all four seasons. He has won Defensive Player of the Year two of the four seasons. He has averaged essentially a sack a game while never missing a game, and he's been the best player on two teams that made the Super Bowl, one team that won it. And how did the latest Super Bowl end with Aaron Donald making literally the game-winning play? We don't have a great angle of Jamar Chase here, but the backwards angle shows Jamar Chase is running down the sideline for what could have been the most iconic touchdown pass in Super Bowl history. And instead Aaron Donald blows it up. So guess what, Rams? I understand you've spent a lot of time this offseason cutting cute draft promos and, you know, you've got taken a victory lap that you well deserve. You also spent some time this offseason deciding to pay Allen Robinson. I'd have maybe sh- made sure that less than 99 days before the season, number 99's happy because he's the most Ooh, look at that dominant, tip. impactful defensive player the league has seen in at least 30 years. And some could argue ever. And you know what? 14 million in compensation this year, 19 million next year, 19 million the year after. Nah, that ain't gonna cut it, bro. So yeah, they gotta they they gotta borrow from future Rams again to pay this man because this team absolutely brew can win another Super Bowl, but they absolutely cannot without Aaron Donald.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you saw that sack against the Bengals. What was noticeable? He was blocked by one guy, and that's why he got to the quarterback so easily. If you don't put two guys on Aaron Donald, he's going to wreak havoc on your quarterback, your running back, whoever has the football, and that's why he's so valuable because teams double-team him essentially every play because you got to do that to keep him from being so destructive to your offense. But I do think he could walk away um, because... He understands. Look, he said he's been talking about this for years. All right. And I'm sure I don't know that he mentioned this in the podcast, the parts I saw. He didn't. But I'm sure health is a big part of it, too, where he's, you know, see whether CTE or just other injuries and, you know, results from playing this violent game for so long. And so after eight years, he's thinking, look, I've accomplished everything I need to do a Super Bowl. Arguably the greatest defensive player ever. First ballot Hall of Famer. What more do I need? I think he still wants to play, though. And if he's like, if I'm going to take these risks, Wilds, with my health, be away from my family, then I've got to be properly compensated. So while I think he would walk away, I'm with Nick. I don't think it'll get to that because the Rams are all in. They, you heard them chanting, run it back, run it back at their Super Bowl parade. And Donald sees, oh, there's talk about GM Les Snead getting a, a, a bigger contract. Oh, there's talk about Sean McVay getting a bigger contract. Oh, Matthew Stafford just got four years, $160 million in an extension. Yeah, I need to be paid appropriately for me to take continue to take these risks. Within my mind, I'm cool with where I'm at. So I think, like Nick said, he'll end up getting paid and playing. But I think he's serious about, look, I can walk away and be good.
3: Okay. I think he's serious as well. I think when he says I can walk away and be happy, I think he means that. Now, he said that a few times, and then he spent an hour basically talking about. The craft of football and how much he loves it. So it's hard to put those two things together. It's like when I say I'm done eating the Girl Scout cookies in my freezer. Like you can, you can believe me and take me at my word. But then if I talk about an hour of how much I love them and how delicious they are and the frozen thinness are so (laughs) great, I think there's reason to be a little bit skeptical. The other interesting part of this podcast was, I think it was Pac-Man was like, well, yeah, if they don't, if they don't pay you, somebody will, which Nick, that started, that all of a sudden, that registered on my Rams worried meter. We've been, we debuted the missing OTAs worried meter last week and now it is updated. Still stress-free if you're out there golfing, those guys are fine on the left. Lamar, I still think the deal will get done. I think the deal will get done with Kyler. But Aaron Donald and I got a little bit of retirement, I don't know what the cap situation a little tricky, but you have to, have to, have to open up that spreadsheet, take a break from laughing at the Patriots draft picks and figure out a way to get Aaron Donald what he wants. <laughs> the other thing that's funny here is that Von Miller deal, Nick. I think that's out there and be like, hold on, what did Von Miller get? It was officially six-one, yeah, but, but Dusty's like, hey, "Hey, Wilds, don't say that on TV. Nah, it's it's a funny. lot of you know funny money." Yeah, I'm like, "Still, fake It's money. a big number out there." And he was there for a quick rental, a little cup of coffee, and all of a sudden he gets a big yeah. deal. I think ram uh, Rams got to figure it out. Yeah. I could, I, I on the board. Aaron right. Donald puts on another uniform. Right.
1: Unlikely. On all right, the let board. me tell you guys a quick story about my negotiation history. It's 2009. Your, I walk Ooh. into. Uh, at a radio station program director, Ryan McGuire's office, and I'm like, listen, you guys are promoting me to middays. You're paying me eight bucks an hour. You know I'm taking the promotion, so I'm operating from a position of weakness. But I, you got, I need, I need two thousand dollars a month to live. I need it. You guys got to find a way to pay me twenty four grand. <laughs> And they came back and they offered me 236 because they needed to squeeze me out of that 400 bucks because they knew I was going to take it. And I, and I happily took it. Um, this is that negotiation in the reverse. Where Aaron Donald walks into that office and he's like, you and I both know I'm not really leaving. But you also know you have to give me what I want. I'm the best player on the team. We just won the Super Bowl. We can play this game of chicken or we can just acknowledge, you know that if you really stuck it to me here, I'm probably still going to play football. But you also know it would wreck the season preemptively if I tell the guys in the locker room, they won't pay me. What, what do you think it's going to mean for you when you outperform me? They won't pay me. So he's going to get his money. He's going to play for the Rams. And it'll just be a problem for future Rams. But this is smart of Aaron Donald to start seeding this doubt in their mind.
0: I do love story time with Nick Wright when we delve back into his past, his financial <laughs> past. Let's get back to some basketball. Will the Warriors' finals experience be just too much for the Celtics to overcome? First things first. All right, time for something or Nothing. NBA Finals kicking off tomorrow night. Warriors coming into this series with the advantage, as far as experience goes, 123 Finals games for Golden State players. Boston, on the other hand, zero. So just to recap, 123 to zero. The entire Celtics roster will get their first taste of the Finals tomorrow night. Nick, is this something or nothing?
1: It's absolutely something. It's it, in a roundabout way the reason I'm picking the Warriors to win the title and god those words burn the back of my throat picking the Warriors yeah. to win the title. But I am. I listen, I I think Boston in regular games, Brew, has struggled at times this year with clutch moments, closing situations. Now, it's a little misleading, that stat, because they were so good the last few months of the year, they didn't play many clutch situations. But I can't get the last three and a half minutes of basketball they played out of my head. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they played their worst three minutes you know, in months in their biggest three minutes in months. I think the, the youth and the inexperience can show up. And I think the fact that every single game of these finals will be the biggest game every single player on the Celtics has ever played, and none of them will be the biggest game any of the Warriors have ever played. Nothing will come close to Game 7 in 2016 or the other some other moments they've had along the way. I think that absolutely matters, and I think it absolutely is an X factor in the Warriors and Steve Kerr's favor when it comes to the coaching experience as well,
4: Wilds.
3: Ah. I think it's a big nothing burger with a side and nothing fries. I don't know how this is supposed to affect wow. the Celtics. Like I get when you don't have Super Bowl experience <coughs> because the actual game is different. You have more lead time, halftime is longer. The cr- you're in a neutral site, so that feels different. How is this exactly supposed to affect the Celtics who do have a ton of playoff experience. Al Horford's played, gosh darn, two seasons, 140 game playoff games. He finally gets to the final. And nobody, not true, I'm gonna ret- ret- retract that from the tape. Jason Tatum has played the fourth most playoff game since coming into the league. He's played 68 playoff games. So they do have experience. They just don't have finals experience. And I'm playoff. not sure, yeah. is well, it the, the intensity? Topic. They're supposed to be like nervous? I don't buy that, Broussard. I think it's nothing. It's something, wild. Uh,
2: I I won't go as far as Nick and say it's going to be the deciding factor in the series, but it is something. And here's why. With the Super Bowl, you mentioned it. The game is different because all the timeouts, TV timeouts, all that stuff. But there's a whole circus, right, surrounding the Super Bowl in the lead-up, the weeks leading up to the game. It's the same thing with the NBA Finals. I've been to several of them, and it is unlike any... Certainly regular season game, but even any playoff game. A lot of NBA players are creatures of habit and routine. And your routine is broken in the finals. The media access,
3: that's when
2: they have access to you, the attention that's paid from the media. Uh, all of that is different. You got family, you got friends trying to get tickets to the games, contacting you. Like, your, your routine is different. Uh, And so that can be a factor for game one and game two. I think players snap out of it once they get playing, but in your preparation leading up, it just is different and can throw you off. Nick, you mentioned the inexperience kind of in a different way just as far as them being unable to or struggling to close out games. I agree with you, I do think that's a factor because Golden State closes well and Boston, we've seen, doesn't close well, so that could be a factor as well.
1: Let's just just quickly, Wilds, let's just say we lived in a just world where the basketball gods didn't forsake me and my finals pick from before the playoffs came true, and it was Bucks mavs and I came on here and said the Bucks have no advantage from having just played in the finals and won a championship, and the fact that none of the Mavs have ever played in one. You would think that, yeah, that that, that checks out. Or would you say I'm crazy? If it was Bucks Mavs, would the Bucks have an advantage from having just been
3: there? Well, Let's move on to the next segment. Wow! Remember the rule. <laughs>
2: remember the rule. Don't answer. <laughs>
0: Sucks you in. Wilds is smarter than that. Back on uh, March 16, when these two teams last met, Steph had to leave the game. Remember with a foot injury, Marcus Smart rolled up on him. Well, he'd miss Golden State's final 12 games of the regular season. Let's take a listen to Steve Kerr's comments from that night.
4: I thought it was a dangerous play. I thought I thought
2: Marcus uh, dove into Steph's knee, and I and that's what I was upset about. Um, A lot of respect for Marcus. He's a hell of a player, gamer, um, competitor. I coached him in uh, the World Cup a few summers ago. Um, We talked after the game. Um, You know, we're we're good, but I thought it was a dangerous play.
0: Wilds, is this something or nothing?
3: Okay, here's the thing about something or nothing. This is not everything. It's not half a thing. It's not a quarter of a thing. It's not even an eighth of a thing. But this does register as being something, because I think that Steve Kerr went so over the top at criticizing Marcus Smart, that I think it got into Marcus Smart's head a little bit. Now, it makes me think that if it's a a 50-50 ball, is Marcus Smart gonna pull back just one iota? It's like, oh, there's Steph, I injured Steph, I didn't mean to do that. I think it's on the board, so I'm going to classify this as something, Broussard. I'm a little bit worried that Marcus pulls back a little bit.
2: All right, I think it's nothing, but you made a nice little explanation. I'll give you that, Wiles. You got me to think, that makes a little bit of sense. But overall, I think it's nothing, and Kerr admitted he likes Marcus. They talked after the game. He said it was all good. The, the funny thing, Nick, is if you watch the end of that play, I don't think Marcus Smart's play on Steph was dirty. I think it was just a basketball play. He dove for the ball. But at the end of the play, he fouls Clay Thompson on a layup attempt. I don't know if we have the film. And he kicks Clay. That part was dirty. And I don't know that Steve Curry even mentioned that. But he definitely tried to kick Klay uh, when he fouled him on the other end of the play, but um, I, Nick, I I think it's nothing.
1: All right, speaking of kicking, I think it's something, and it has to do with the guy who's known to kick occasionally, but before I give the reason, can I just say some of the audience? I understand that if you were to, if you're a big first thing, you know, if you're in a first things first group chat, if you're on the first things first Reddit feed with all the most diehard fans, so a question were to come up and be like, hey, Who's the most obnoxious or patronizing of the group? I think everyone, their gut reaction would be like, oh, it's Nick, obviously. Low-key contender is Brew with his, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's a nice little take. Yo, that's a nice little thought. Like, oh, that was cute, Nick. He sticks these thinks little jabs in to me and Wilds. And what no, he does it with no. such a straight face, yeah. like he's uh. trying to be genuine, but he's like, oh, it's like a little pat on the head. Like, oh, that's a nice thought you had there, champ. <laughs> nice. Good try, big fella. Now the adults are talking. Okay, now to my answer. My answer is it's something because I think this doesn't go in Marcus Smart's memory bank. I think it goes in old Ime Udoka's memory bank. Because lurking in the background of the storylines of these finals are those two flagrant foul points Draymond has. And Draymond has been Mm. on his best behavior from Mm. a foul perspective, not from a technical perspective, but from a foul perspective last couple rounds. Do I think it's in play that Draymond gets a flagrant in this series? Of course. And if I'm Ime Udoka... I break out the broke the code, dangerous play. I'm reading directly from the Steve Kerr playbook at the post-game press conference, trying to get that thing elevated up to a flagrant two to try to give the Warriors, you know, little images of the finals pass and Draymond being suspended. So I think it's something, but not because it could affect Marcus Smart, because it could affect Draymond Green in the long term. So that's why it's something.
2: Well, Nick, that's a nice little take as well. Uh, good job, this champ. This I, I'm proud of you. Good, good job there. And wild guy. soup, Nice. nice. I Every call it the Kobe pack. It. The Thanks. Kobe pack. No one, no one ever <laughs> recognizes it. He does it all the time. It's, it's, it's nice God. little
1: take. Yeah, it's cute. Not bad. That was cute. He loves Jenna. He loves going. That, that was genuine. cute. Like cute. Of
0: <laughs> course he does.
1: It's a page. I fell
0: for it. I was like, it was actually a cute. No, take. good job. Uh let's stay here. Good job. Does Steph need to win finals MVP to validate his legacy? Asked and answered on the other side. We have this adorable little commercial. Hey tonight on FS1 we got a star-studded special night of baseball. You got Trout and Otani looking to power the Angels. You got Aaron Judge and the Yankees. You got your coverage starting at 6 Eastern on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. All right, you're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible. Great rates, none of the Bulls. Celtics Warriors, tomorrow night, NBA Finals, Game 1. Among the many questions coming into this series, will Steph Curry add a Finals MVP? to his resume this time around. Fox Bet likes his chances. They got Curry as the favorite, followed by, look at it: Tatum, Brown, Draymond, and Clay. Broussard, how important would winning finals MVP be for Steph's legacy?
2: It's important for two reasons, Jenna. One is because of the historical comparisons. And Nick does a lot of that. I do a lot of that. You know, we rank in top 10s, top 20s, all of that stuff and of those guys in the top 10 ish that range all of them have won finals MVPs and Steph hasn't so this when you're comparing guys you nitpick and a small thing like that can be a big factor in where you rank guys and secondly it's important because of the public perception which I think is gone overboard and I'm gonna show you why in a moment But this, there is now, whether it's the media, whether it's social media, or whether it's just the fan base in general, there is such an uproar now about Steph is not one of finals MVP, that now, yeah, he's gotta win it. Because if they win this championship and he's not the finals MVP, it's almost like some people are gonna discredit him to some degree because he didn't get the finals MVP. And here's what I want to do before these finals start. I want to educate some viewers. So you're not watching the finals and thinking, man, is Steph going to play well? Because he don't step up when, when you know, when the on the big stage, he doesn't play well. That is poppycock. That is balderdash. All right. It's absolute nonsense. Steph Curry, in all of his finals games, has averaged 26 and a half points a game. That's 10th all time, and it is more than these legends, absolute legends, and none of them scored as much as Steph Curry in the finals. Now, some might say, well, he didn't hit this big shot. He didn't hit that big shot. I'm sorry, you 26 points a game in the finals, it's relevant, it's awesome. None of those points are meaningless. You can't have a week of Fugazi 26-point average in the finals. And I think, guys, he should have won it in 2015. Uh, and with all due respect to Andre Iguodala, who played well, Steph Curry averaged 26.6 assists in that series, had 37 points in the pivotal Game 5 to break a 2-2 tie, hit seven threes in that Game 5, and had 25 points and eight assists in the closeout Game 6. I, how he didn't win the MVP is beyond me. But, yeah, so he needs it for those that want to act like he ain't been stepping up, Nick. Well, well, hold on. Let's, I think we should tell the full
1: story. It is true that Steph is not, it's not like, ah, he's some choke artist in the finals. That's not true. He is, as far as he's been to five finals, he was bad in one of them, 2016. That's it. But he wasn't unbelievable in any of them. And here's a fun little exercise if you'd like to do it. Go to basketball reference, go to Steph Curry's playoff game log, and sort by game score. Now, that's not a perfect catch-all metric, but it's the closest we've got. His 10 best playoff games, one of them was in the finals, and they actually lost that game by double digits. It was the 47 points in Game 3 against the Raptors. So of his 10 best playoff games, only one has come in the finals, and it was a loss. Then go to the bottom. The bottom. His 10 worst playoff games. Four have come in the finals. That sticks out. When we say, hey, Wilds, what's your favorite Giannis finals moment? He's been to one finals. Is it the 50-point game? Is it the block to win the game? Is it the alley-oop to win the game? Is it the 40 points right after the high percentage knee? He's got a long list. Jordan, Shaq, Dream, Magic, Burt, all of them have moments. Like, oh, that's the moment. Steph doesn't have that yet. He just doesn't. He flatly doesn't have that. Like, I think the best game he has had in a victory is the one Brew mentioned. Game five of 2015, when he had the 37, you know, put them up in the series, led to winning the first ring. That's big. But again, all we're talking about the greatest players ever. All of them have big moments. But as far as like truly great finals games. The only one Steph's ever had, they lost. So, And the fact that it is something that he's in a club of the greatest players ever, all of them have it except for him and the guys who weren't eligible. The guys who, you know, pre-1969, the award didn't exist. Dr. J doesn't have one, but he won the ABA equivalent. He played half his career in the ABA. Though That's a real thing to me. So, Wilds, you know I do care about these rankings. I'm doing on the podcast 50 greatest players the last 50 years to spoil a bit of what's coming up. I have Shaq 9 and Steph 10. Is it a determining factor to me that Shaq, in three straight years in the finals, over the three years, averaged 36 and 13? And Steph, while his points per game have gone up slightly, his efficiency has gone down quite a bit in the finals? Yeah. So, that, to me, it's a real thing. It doesn't, I still have him as the 10th best guy of the last 50 years, but it's a curious result thus far when he's been had this many bites at the apple to not have one of these finals MVPs.
3: So here's the interesting question, Broussard. Do you think Steph has another level to get to? Because I do. It's like if you climbed Mount Everest and you were two feet away from the very top. You probably could say, look at me, I'm on the top of Mount Everest, but there is another two feet to go that you could get to. And I always like this picture and the fi- when the finals MVP has both trophies, I'll show one of LeBron. It's just like a cool picture. It's like, yes, I'm the man. This, I, I am the best basketball player in the world. My team won, here's my trophy. Kevin Durant has, has a great one too. Like, yeah, hot. here I am, I'm the best. Steph's not, oh, oh, you're missing a trophy there, buddy. You know, we got to get you one. But (laughs) Steph doesn't have it. He lost it. He he, 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 he let let Steph hold the the L.O.B. So I just want to see Steph have this moment. Because for as good as his career has been, with all the rings and the dynasty and the unanimous MVP... I think there is a few more steps he can get to to get to his true apex right. of, of where I wanted to be. And that would be winning the Larry O'Brien trophy and the finals MVP and have them both there and get a good photo.
2: Not look, I do agree uh, that because there's a lot of talk now it is Steph. If they win this championship, will he be a top 10 player of all time? And one thing that people could point to to keep him out is, well, he didn't have a finals MVP. He was never officially, like I said, I think he was in 20. I agree. You nitpick all the time. Now, he's got another nit. It's a regular season one that nobody has. And that's the unanimous MVP. He shouldn't have been the first unanimous. We all know that. But he was. Just like I think he he should have been MVP in 2015, but he wasn't. So we go with the official declarations. And so, yeah, he can go to another level, Wilds, get the finals MVP, get people off your back. Now, here's what I hope, Nick, is that this is not weighing on Steph the way it's weighing on a lot of us in the media or even the fan base. Because he can't go into this series thinking, man, I got to do my thing. I got to win this MVP, uh, so on and so forth. You even saw in the conference finals, when he got the conference finals MVP, uh, Clay was was ecstatic. And Andre Iguodala, remember they were joking, like Iggy said something like, now you can sleep at night or something to that effect. Now you can smile. Steph joked about it. So they all know. They all know guys be killing Steph because he doesn't have an MVP from the series. No, I, I, and I'm not trying if, to belittle if, it. I'm not trying to belittle it. No, the, but
1: I just think when we're talking about the greatest players ever, and even the guys a tier beneath the guys who are in the discussion for that top 10, all of them put their best finals moment up against Steph's. And Steph's going to. Does Steph have a better finals moment than Dwayne Wade? No. Than Dirk Nowitzki? No. Not to mention Shaq, Mike. Uh, does Michael have. Was Michael's worst finals better than Steph's best finals? Yes. Was LeBron, does LeBron have seven finals performances better on an individual level than Steph's best? Yes. Does Durant, who I believe Steph's a better player than, have two finals performances better than Steph's best? Yes. Does Shaq have three? Does Kobe have at least one and maybe two? Yes. Like, that's a fair thing. And it's not picking on him to point it out. And it is, to me, one of the reasons, America, as we end the show with gambling advice, if you're gonna bet the Warriors to win the series, don't lay the minus 160. Just bet Steph to win finals MVP. Because if they win the series, he is going to win MVP guaranteed. And this discussion's probably dead. I just saved people 60 cents on the dollar, Jenna. Free service.
0: (laughs) Yes, I was wondering how to do it. Skip and Shannon taking the conversation. Undisputed starts right now.